So, uh, so your man, is, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Bolsonaro. 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 Bolsonaro uh, is a git. <laughs> That's what I've I don't heard. know what a git is. Oh, uh, how do you describe a git? Um, Nigel Farage, is he a git or is he an asshole? Welcome to Sustainababble 123. Welcome yourself to Sustainababble 123. I am pleased to report I am less miserable this week. Oh, well done. Me too. Why? Oh, just am. You know, I can't retain that level of miserableness the whole time. I'll just fall on the floor and stay asleep forever, won't I? Really? Um, <laughs> sounds all right. Sounds all right to me, yeah. Um, we are your friendly little environment podcast, all about people and the planet, and why, despite everything being noised... We can have a chuckle about it every now and then, ain't we all? Yes. What are we going to have a chuckle about this week then, old chum? Well, we are going to be talking about the waxing and, more importantly, waning of fossil fuels in the UK. Um, we are going to be talking about, well, we're going to be tearing a strip off the government uh, for its nonsense in Green, Great Britain and Northern Ireland week. And... Um, well, what with all of the horrific electoral developments happening in South America, we thought we'd talk to a Brazilian. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. Smoothly done. Um, we <laughs> uh, do work gosh. for environmental charities, um, but these are very much our own views and the views of the guests that we're going to talk to in a bit. So if you've got any beef with anything that you hear, take it up with me or Ol, but not with anyone for whom any of us work. Yes. Very good. Right. I'm zoning out now, so we should do the podcast at- I'm oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm yes. a zone. I'm a On with it. I'm a zoning. Brazil, will Brazil, Brazilian. In half of the week. So, in half of the week, this is the section named after a senator in America. Is he still a senator? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, who is an absolute tool uh, because he thinks climate change isn't real because there is still snow. So, we've named this section of the show after him, Inhoff Corner, into which we bung other Inhoffs. And this week's Inhoff... Well, who he, Dave? He is a man who I'm not going to pronounce proper, so I'm just going to have a stab at it. It's something like... Ironically. Yeah, something, something like Yair Bolsonaro, something like that, anyway. He is the, at the time of recording, front runner in Brazil's presidential election. Brazil is a big country over there with a lot of rainforest in it. Lots of people live there and they are about to elect an Inhofe. Yeah. So we thought we'd find out about that. Yeah. So what we did is, I know a Brazilian. <laughs> oh, well done. So we've asked her to come on here and talk to us about what's going on. Her name is Fernanda Balata. She works at the New Economics Foundation as a senior environmental researcher, but these are very much her own views. <laughs> um, so uh, she's Strangely come... familiar statement, that. <laughs> Isn't it just? Um, but she's coming on here to tell us all about what's going on. Um, advance warning, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So hello, Fernanda. Hi. Hi, you're from Brazil. 
Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't live in Brazil. Tell us a bit about about uh, how long you've been here and what you know Brazil and is it a nice place and all that sort of stuff. Brazil is an awesome place. It's a beautiful country, very big country, and I've been in London for nearly 13 years now so quite a long time so it's not your fault is what you're saying everything everything is about exactly to happen. i laughed and things were going okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i've been gone too long obviously so tell us uh in in brief what is happening politically in, in brazil at the moment we're at, we're at a crunch time for a number of reasons right yes definitely um brazil has been going through a lot of stuff in the past decade, really. Um, and But now it's something that we haven't seen before, I'd say. Um, and I think similar to a lot of places elsewhere in the world, you know. You we mean don't Trump, really... don't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. And being in the UK, I mean, we know where we're at, not to mention the B word. If one word could describe Brazil right now, it'd have to be angry. Anger over political corruption, rising crime and years of economic decline. An anger that on Sunday propelled a right-wing populist to within arm's reach of the presidency. But not quite close enough. So there's a runoff election now to think about. So, uh, so your man, is, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Bolsonaro. 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 Uh, is a git. <laughs> That's what I've I don't heard. know what a git is. Oh, uh, how do you describe a git? Um, Nigel Farage, is he a git or is he an asshole? The charisma of a damp rag and the appearance of a low-grade bank clerk. And the question that I want to ask... Is he, more, is he a Farage? Is he like a sort of... Is he Brazil's Nigel Farage or Brazil's Donald Trump? Or what is he? Um, I, I don't know. I... I I understand all the comparisons and the need, actually, to have something that you can relate to. Um, but he's something else, I think. I think he's, yeah, he's the Brazilian version of all of that for a number of reasons. But um, I think Brazil it has its unique kind of context and he's attached to that. So um, there's lots of things that um, I guess Nigel Farage and Trump might not relate to. So like Bolsonaro, for example, is supported by um, the evangelical community in Brazil. Um, that? And that's a huge, huge, um, uh, you know, fastest growing kind of like religious group. It's the the church, wait, I had to write down the translation because I only know the name in Portuguese, um, Universal Church of the Kingdom of God. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, like evangelical, Pentecostal, like conservatives. Um they have the largest, the second largest TV network in the country. So you what can, the church does? Yes. Wow. Yes, and um, the leader of the church, who's a billionaire, has basically um, asked the entire following to vote for Bolsonaro. So you you can imagine just on that alone, you know, his power on that, and that's that's a twist that you don't see, you know, in in the other people we've mentioned. So. But, but he's that sort of figure, though, right? He's a kind of right-wing, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to make Brazil great again sort of character. Is that who we're looking at here? Yes, yes. That is, I guess, the, the top-line slogan. Um, he is saying that he'll keep quite a lot of what the current government is doing in terms of uh, kind of like privatization of, you know, lots of the of public goods and, and, and institutions, um, you know, the lack of care for the environment, for sure. Um, so, 
he basically represents the idea of regression, um, but he sells it as progress, opening up to the world. So, well, this all sounds hugely positive um, and, and, and excellent. Uh, tell us about the massive amount of uh, Amazon rainforest that he's going to cut down. Is that, <laughs> is, have I got that right or is that hyperbole? Uh, please tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that's why we're laughing, right? Because yeah. this is a lie. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, no, unfortunately, that is a real threat. Oh, bollocks. Uh, and that is a, yeah. Um, so the threat to the Amazon is basically, so Bolsonaro, like the current um, government, is backed up by the agribusiness industry in Brazil, which is a massive industry, really, really heavy, powerful lobbying. And it just means, like, let's get all the really nice land in the country and turn it into monoculture. Let's, you know, just cut all the trees. Who needs that development? Right? Good things. Jobs. Whoever needed trees. Economic growth. (laughs) So it's that kind of narrative that he's selling. But to make it even worse and not just be about environmental destruction, he's actually threatening quite a lot of the indigenous communities um, and um, the Quilombos, Quilombolas, which are the, the, the descendants of um, slaves um, in Brazil that also have granted from the constitution of 88 rights to the land. Um, and Lula, who is the president um, left-wing president that ruled the country a um, couple of um, mandates ago, he started the process of actually implementing the constitution and giving those rights uh, of land. And he didn't get that far. It was going quite slow already, like only a bit over 20% of, of the ones that need to be done. It's slowed down even more the current government. But Bolsonaro said, that's not happening anymore. He actually wants to take away the ones that have been granted and he's promised to stop the process altogether um so you know and, and he does that actually by you know insulting really indigenous people he says that like you know we need, we're going to bring them into our society we're going to treat them like human beings as if they're not already <laughs> But this stuff must be popular, is it? Because, I mean, you know, as we record, it looks very much like he's going to win. Well, he's actually going to win. Well, yeah, right? I mean, he's, he won the first round Whoa. comprehensively, didn't he? And, uh, 46% of the votes. Right. The so, round. you know, so, so people must... I mean, he's not hiding these policies, presumably. These, these, it sounds like, from what you're saying, this is part of his platform. So why, why are people, lots and lots of people... Um, uh, aligning themselves with him? Why, why do they support him? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question that I'm still trying to understand myself. <laughs> and I mean, I know, unfortunately, um, you might listen to this, um, friends of mine from high school, they are voting for him. So it's, you know, it's people like me. I come from Rio, um, Rio de Janeiro, and, um, you know, middle class in Rio, people that are well-educated, who should 
know better, <laughs> um, and who are voting for him. And it's really worrying. I mean, there, there's a, a number of reasons. I mean, I, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of power of the evangelical church that's behind him, for example, and, you know, vast amounts of people in Brazil that follow that, um, plus the kind of power of the media network that's behind him as well. Um, the whole agribusiness, so like in terms of economic terms, he has, you know, very powerful lobbying backing him as well. And that ob obscures really the environmental destruction of the Amazon because it's more about economic progress and opening up to the world than it is about, oh, we actually cutting down forests and that has an impact on the environment and climate change and all those things. I mean, most people in Brazil are not really connected to all that. They're not, they don't really understand or they are they are removed really from those those kind of um, challenges and, and environmental impacts. Um, one because you know a lot of people in Brazil are poor and they're just struggling to make a living, and you know they care about when people come and say they're going to give them jobs. Um, but also because Brazil is a very big country, so the Amazon sits on like the north west of the country and it's quite removed actually from the southeast and southern regions which is most where most of the wealth is and financial centers and things like that even worse no. he, he said that he wants to abolish the ministry of environment and make Jesus. it a part of the ministry of agriculture wow. with someone from the industry actually leading it because, because what, I, I read a thing actually that doesn't this all uh, the, the, uh, the climatechangenews.com had had a thing about him and he's saying it all, saying it all basically went back to 2012 when he was caught fishing illegally inside oh, yes. a federal reserve got fined by the environment agency two and a half thousand dollars and basically from that point was like right your name is on the list and is that what this is all about is yeah. got, got personally got the ump with the environment agency exactly and it's like well now that I'm president let's hope not um you know, I can just do that. Um, and let's remember as well, I mean, this guy is um, a former um, captain. His vice um, presidential candidate. Um, well, is like a, army captain. Do you yeah, mean? army yeah, right, captain, okay. sorry, yeah. And the vice is actually a former general. So he's actually, the vice is actually uh, even overranks him, like in military terms, um, and has said even worse things. Um, but... Yeah, so like you know, he this this is someone, and and you know, I, I my 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 dad basically, who I consulted very much um, um, before coming to talk to you, because um, obviously he's in Brazil, he lives in Brazil, and um, my dad grew up and was part of uh, the time when Brazil was a dictatorship, military di dictatorship, and you know the end. Uh, late 60s, early 70s, got arrested as a student, you know, fighting against it, etc. So this is like really personal to that generation and to people like my dad, um, who see someone who was, who was actually part of that military coup back in the days, both of these guys, coming now and saying that, you know, they actually thought the dictatorship was a good thing, and many other things, you know, they would like to bring back, for example. Um, and his vice actually has mentioned <laughs> that, you know, it, there could be a way, you know, maybe the president, Bolsonaro, 
it says, you know, could be removed from office for health reasons or for other reasons, you know, and then we could go back to, you know, having military rule. So this is, there is actually a threat of, oh of, of Brazil going back to, to, to being governed by the military through democratic, for democratic process. Like that's really worrying. Sorry, I'm going. I'm I'm going too negative here. <laughs> it sounds lighter. like, with a certain degree of reason, uh, I've been wanting to make my Brazil nuts joke all the way through, and I'm just wondering when the best time to make that is. Now, shall I do it now? Gosh, well, I mean, no, save it. Save it as I'll a special it. treat. I'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so is there is there a big resistance? To this, I hope there is. Presume there is, and you know how how big is it? How powerful is it? And what does it what does it look like? I mean, surely, surely there is a lot of people unhappy about this. Uh, this how Brazil's going, as as there are in lots of other countries. Yes, there is for sure. There is um, the difficulty is that the second running candidate represents the Labour Party, and right now Brazil is split between people who support. The Labour Party, as Lula, who used to be the president, was going to win, um, and people who are really against the Labour Party. Now, some of the people against the Labour Party will support Bolsonaro, and the others are just like, well, we, we just can't support the Labour Party. And so that's really, it's, it's really difficult. And so my hope, because I'm hopeful, you know, I, I have to be, because this is, I mean, this is, it, it really was, I couldn't sleep last night because unfortunately I had to, like, I was talking to my dad about all these things and he was giving me more of an insight into what's happening and how people are feeling. And he said so himself. And this, my dad, you know, feels very strongly about the things. He's always been politically active. And, you know, he said, I mean, the mood in Brazil is pro Bolsonaro. You know, that's, that's how everyone feels. Whether they support it or not, they kind of like, yeah. He's going to win. You know, and Brazil, this election had the highest, actually, um, abs, ab, like people who actually end up not voting, saying like, I don't know. Oh, abstaining. Know, abstaining. Yeah. It was like a bit over 20%. So that's about 30 million votes. If those people, so that's another campaign that should be happening right now, and I hope it is. You know, if those people were convinced to vote now against Bolsonaro, then we have, so that, that's my hope that actually, you know, those things are being thought out and people are getting active in Brazil and, um, and hopefully by talking to you guys today, you know, people, Brazilians in London, please. Because you get a vote, right? People, yes. This is something I, went, I didn't realize. I went to over two hours in a queue at the embassy um, here in London to vote. Wow. I didn't give up. I had a code and I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> I must vote. And I'm going to go again um, on the 28th of October for the second round. Fernanda, thank you so much for coming to chat to us um, and, yeah, opening our eyes to another quite scary situation. So that's, that's great. Um, but how if people want to get in touch or, or read other stuff you're doing, how can they do that? So I am on Twitter. It's at Febalata, which is at F-E-B-A-L-A-T-A.
Sustainable of the Week. So, Sustainable of the Week. Making a bit of a comeback this section, isn't yeah, it? It's it is. There's good. a lot of babble around. Oh. A lot of babble yeah. around. Let's point our babble sticks at the babble. This is the section where we look at some of the nonsense, the eco-guff egregiously spouted by governments or uh, companies or whoever. And oh, it's, it's been a gift this time round. <laughs> what have we got? We have got all... Green Great Britain and uh, Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland week. Yes, this is a thing um, that is a new idea by Her Majesty's government mm. um, to celebrate the green economy, to celebrate clean growth, which is a thing that you can have, apparently, if you grow in a clean way. Right. <laughs> no, not filthy. No. Awful, awful growth. No, not the sort you've done. Okay. But better growth, growing okay. in a good way. Um, so the government has done it. It uh, ran last week, so finished um, on the 19th. Th- 19th. Very good, of October. Um, and it's basically all about uh, the union flag is not a red, white and blue one, but it's a green one. Clever. Clever. Um, and there's all these events going on all over the place and all these conferences. And the government is basically going... Hey, we're green. Woohoo! Come and invest in all our green stuff, basically. Yeah, but also sort of saying green stuff is cool and dynamic and good for the economy and, like, you know, swanky wind farms are good and that, you know, that, that's, I'm quite pleased in a way that, um, yeah, I'm pleased that I'm the, government, pleased. the government is saying that. You know, we've it's not that long ago that our Prime Minister was saying, get rid of the green crap. So, you know, this is the same flavour government saying green stuff, good. And it's one of those things where you do have to just occasionally go. Now, we're about to hit some things with a babble stick. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, like, don't it, is, worry. it is coming. <laughs> um, and we've not gone all soft in our old age. However, it is worth just, in a spirit of go back and listen to episode 122, when we were knotting our knickers in frustration about the state of everything, mm. right? Uh, it is worth occasionally going, bloody hell. Like, that's a thing that's happening, is the government is going, we're having a whole week in which, you know, genuinely, we're going to go and talk about how great it is to do stuff on climate change and isn't it good for jobs in the economy can we just have a moment please was that long enough that was it that's not okay. right okay um, now, where's the babble coming now right <laughs> now look i'm going to express a degree of sympathy with the government here because as i understand it they started planning green great britain and Northern Ireland Week uh, about a year ago. Yeah, it wasn't called and Northern Ireland Week at that point. And for some reason <laughs> that I can't put my finger on, they've decided it's important not to make Northern Ireland feel left out at this particular moment in time. Why would that be? I don't know why that is. I don't know. Yes, no, at the 11th hour, some, somebody who's presumably in line for a promotion uh, in the press team was like, hang on a minute, Britain, Britain isn't the same as the UK, is it? Britain's the bit without... Oh, God... Oh, God. I'll change everything. Change the website. Quick. And Northern Ireland. Locusts devouring the Falls Road and the succulent, juicy parts of Jerry Adams. Yeah, so they they were planning this uh, about a year ago, and they couldn't necessarily, I don't think they could have known that day one of Green Great Britain and Northern Ireland Week would have coincided with day one 
of fracking resuming in the UK for the first time after seven years. So is that, is, do you know, just check, is that, that's actually a thing? We are now fracking we are years fracking. now. So yep. go Quadrilla back and put out a press release on Monday, the 15th uh, of October, saying fracking has commenced. We are we are fracked, fracked to go. We are under fracked. Go back and listen. That's a, a bit of a landmark thing for the babble. Just digress for a second. Go back and listen to episode two, two? of yes. uh, Frack, Frack, Frack. I mean, don't go back and listen to episode two because it's terrible. Um, but all of the time we've been doing the babble. In fact, even as recently as last episode, we've been saying we haven't got any fracking here because yep. people don't want it. We've now got some fracking. Yep. Government has finally forced I mean, it through. People still don't want it, no. but we've got it. Yeah. Yes. And as you were saying, uh, before I interrupted you, so now I can talk. Good. Um, <laughs> as you were saying, um, that the very, very start of Green Great Britain and Northern Ireland Week was heralded by the sound of fracking drills going in to the ground. Mm. Bad. So... Does make for slightly difficult communication, doesn't it? Hello, look at us. We're all green. Climate change really important, and um, uh, yeah, and fracking is fracking is going now. Uh, and what else has happened recently that might suggest that fracking isn't the most appropriate thing to be doing if you're a government, Dave? Uh, go back and listen to episode 122 when we talk about the report from the International Intergovernmental Panel yes. on Climate Change, uh, which basically says we're knackered if we don't stop emitting all of these greenhouse gases proper quick. Mm. And what is frackinged? Uh, emitting or getting gas out of the ground so you can burn it to emit greenhouse gases. Uh, and uh, other people have been saying, not just 2,000 eminent climate scientists in uh, the IPCC saying you really ought to uh, leave fossil fuels in the ground, but uh, the father of modern climate science, James Hansen, NASA scientist. Muppets. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, he made a big intervention this week saying fracking is ridiculous. Like he was saying... It's not easy being green, is it? <laughs> You're saying that's very good. Uh, I know exactly what you put underneath this, soundtrack-wise, <laughs> uh, even though I, I can't hear it. Easy being green. Uh, yeah, he was saying, you know, that the first thing you should stop doing as a government is going after the the extreme kind of unconventional fossil fuels. And he put What's uh, unconventional, mean? Well, on, as wait a minute. Ah, uh, ah, oh, is that deserved? Yeah, what's do you mean? Unconventional fossil fuels. No, I'm quoting him. What does that mean? Like fossil fuels that that wear like yellow shirts and sort of jaggy ties or something? (laughs) Yes, alternative, edgy fossil fuels. Uh, Take that klaxon back because I'm saying what he said, not what I said. But what he means is klaxoning Jim Henson from the Muppets then. James Hansen, what's going on? <laughs> Shut up, go away. Uh, no, unconventional fossil fuels means things that aren't, uh, you know, your traditional oil or coal or um, big reserves of natural gas, but having to do really weird things like frack to get your gas or tar sands to, like, you know, scrape the tops off boreal forests to get your oil, that sort of stuff. So, the, and I was just alerted to the irony of there's all this bump that government's put out to accompany Green Great Britain and mm. Northern Ireland <laughs> week um, when it here is their official definition do, do you think there's someone whose only job it is in government at the moment is to run around saying and Northern Ireland the moment anybody says Great Britain <laughs> well the uh, the definition I did I just wanted to get Arabella to do a bit of work um, and so could Arabella could you please read out the government's definition the definition, the way it is defined, uh, what is green growth? 
the act of growing the economy while reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So it isn't a good look, is it, if you are growing the economy while increasing greenhouse gas emissions by unlocking vast amounts of capital into a new fossil fuel industry in the ground, what people don't want. I'll write it down for you, Prime Minister. Also not a good look is uh, the old using our money to uh, expand an oil refinery in Bahrain. See the previous episode where I vent my spleen about that. Um, What else have they done? Oh, just loads of stuff. But look, Oh, Oh, they've cut cut, uh, the grants for electric cars in the UK. That's been announced in the last week. So there's an awful lot of stuff which suggests they might not be as serious about climate change as Green, Great Britain and Northern Ireland week... uh, sort of makes it seem like they are right but i just want to just ask you a question right so yes you may here's the thing now the natural inclination of let's face it us and let's face it everyone we know um, <laughs> and let's face it the babble army is to get out the babble stick when the government tries to do something that is basically a good idea and when they do something hypocritical, smack them about the face and shoulders and the never regions and say, there you are, look at what you doing fracking right, when you're supposed to be bigging up the green economy, right? But uh, I don't know. It's still basically a good thing to do. The timing is shit and the stuff they are doing is bad, right? But I was thinking about this today whilst listening to the minister banging on at a thing I was at. And like, she was quite unapologetically basically using a language to appeal to kind of businessy types and to, frankly, Tories about this stuff, to the centre-right. Mm. Um, and, like, the likes of you and me, flimsy-faced, yoghurt-weaving cretins, right? Mm. We do, you know, we care about climate change and it's all about... Jo- we, like, we're locked in, right? No matter what we think. But there's a whole bunch of people out there. You know, we've just been talking to someone about like how the, some people on the right just do not get this stuff, environment and climate change, at all. We're talking about that to Fernando, right? So, like... W- <sighs> Those people are getting a story out of this still. And it's a good thing, isn't it? Like having that kind of framing that's just talking about jobs and growth and, you know, and not worrying about being hypocritical that all the time. Isn't that good? Well, yes, it's good to be doing those things. But, I mean, you can't expect people who follow the, <laughs> follow the debate to go, OK, well, we won't mention no. all of the terrible things they've been doing. Like, it's just, a, it's a, you know, it's a problem that any politician faces is that if, you, if you're not prepared to walk the talk, then people don't believe you and you don't have much credibility. And um, that's, I guess that's just what's so frustrating about this government is that it is a good thing that they're trying to kind of make a big thing of them being green. And they talk about, you know, leading the world on climate change. Patri- and Patriotism. Or patriotism. Yeah, like, uh, that, I'm, I'm pleased that that's what they're choosing to do. But I mean, it's a political project, isn't it? They, they think they can get some votes in it and make some money. And make some money. Which is fine. Which is fine. Make some money out of it. Uh, but I just, uh, but surely they, they see why we might want to criticise them when all of the actions don't in any way match up to their words. The only thing that is genuinely good, with caveats, but is genuinely good, they began Green Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Thank you. Week um, by announcing this massively techy thing, which I'm going to try to explain in a way that sounds interesting. Got thirty seconds. Go. Okay. 
we have a climate change act, right? Uh, that compels us to reduce our carbon emissions by 80% by 2050. The government has said to special clever people, the Committee on Climate Change, hmm, Paris and the IPCC report means we might need to go further than that. We want a net zero target, as in reduced by 100% by 2050. Can you tell us how to do it? Huh. Very good. So they've asked scientists to say... How might we get to net zero, as in we are putting into the atmosphere no more carbon than what we are taking out? Starting tomorrow. Uh, well, this is where... <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, no, no, not starting tomorrow. It's starting in, um, <clears throat> in, uh, in uh, 2033. What? Yeah. You mean three years after the IPCC has just warned us we need to have cut global carbon emissions in half at least? That's, well, that, when, I mean, that's that, when they'll that is, start leaping yeah. into action. Well, that is one way of looking at it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we are going to be cutting our emissions between now and then. But what they're saying is we don't want this advice to have any impact on the existing kind of rules, the budgets that we've got for the next few years um, up to 2032. We, we just don't want, we don't want that. Even if that? that is advice you want to give, we don't want to receive it, so don't. And uh, and the CCC, you know, a bunch of scientists uh, have, have said in a beautifully yes minister way, they are surprised to have been <laughs> instructed thus, which I think you can safely assume uh, when the microphone isn't there means, what the fuck? Language to <laughs> Reasons to be cheerful. So, reasons to be cheerful. Ah, oh, so many to choose from. Oh, Golly. But there is, but there is, but there is. No, there is. There What's is. happened on? Bit well, of a stop press one, this. Your babble is not fully atop the details, but... As for once, we're not completely across this. Uh, it is a fairly astonishing thing. One of the big six, right? Do you know, Dave, what I mean by the big six? Uh, you are referring to the six companies what you get your electricity off of generally. There are some other ones, like go back and listen to episode 46 when we talked to Dale Vince, who's the boss of Ecotricity. But yeah, basically like British Gas and other ones. Yes. Well, one of them is called Scottish Power. Ooh. Yeah. Hi. Hang um, on a minute. One day we're going to get really called up on all of this <laughs> not yet. ludicrous jingoism, but not yet. Yes, one of the yes Scottish Power. They have said uh, that they are going one hundred percent renewable. What? All of their power is going to be generated by wind. Like, uh, it, well, yes, it's all the haggis, right? Hey, very good. Yeah, their bagpipes will be bursting. Uh, no, it's, they, they've sold off a big chunk of uh, gas power stations that they owned um, and sold them off to a company called Drax, who are a bunch of shits generally, but, um, you know, whatever. But, uh, and they said, no, we, we want to get rid of all of our fossil fuel um, assets, so power stations, and we only want to be getting our electricity from wind. And well, like, well, we were saying before we recorded this, like, I presume there's... A massive kind of yeah, but this is actually shit. Caveat. Can't find one but, yet. 
But so far... Well, disclaimer, so we're recording this earlier in the week. No doubt by the time you hear this, the caveats will have become abundantly clear. So just at a headline level, that is exciting, isn't it, Alan? Why do you think they've done that then? Well, uh, I think they've done that because in the words of their uh, chief executive, a chap called Keith Anderson, uh, we are leaving carbon generation behind for a renewable future powered by cheaper green energy. Oh. I mean... I think that deserves... Yeah. yeah, well played, Scottish Power. Well played, like, Scottish Power. And, you know, whatever it is you're doing wrong that we don't know about yet, you're very naughty. But for now, yeah. that sounds really good. It's amazing. We Like, a couple of years ago, if this had happened at the beginning of the Babel in 2015, we would have gone absolutely nuts for this. Like, it would have been... Well, I'd have been up all night trying to find what's wrong with it. What would <laughs> now I'm just prepared to take it. And that's, actually, genuinely, that is the biggest change, right? Is that this sort of stuff is happening, and I'm just kind of not assuming it's just greenwash. That's a change in me, I've noticed, because businesses are doing... I mean, there is still a great deal of babble around, as mm. discussed. But, like, yeah, that seems legit. And that's... I'm happy with that. Yeah. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. One, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three. Thank you very much, all for babbling with me and thank you to the legendary Fernanda Balata for giving us her insight and telling us how uh, bad it's all going to be well hopefully but maybe by the time you listen to this it won't have been that bad in which case we can just look back and chuckle yeah I mean I feel a bit bad that we caused her to literally not get any sleep the night before by you know talking to people in Brazil and finding out how bad it is but yeah, oh, well, yeah well. that's the price of fame isn't it <laughs> um, you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think of the show you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish you can find us on Twitter just look at for the babble wagon just <laughs> look at for at, the, at the babble wagon I can't do this you know or uh, find us on Facebook just search sustainababble we have a crowdfunder you can chip in and support the babble thank you very much uh, to Matt Mandy, who's the latest person to chip in. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. Um, You're lovely. Wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble. And you can put the babble on your tits by going to our website, <laughs> buying one of our T-shirts. Just go to sustainababble.fish and click T-shirts. Very good. Thank you, as ever, to the magnificent Dickie Moore for the music, which starts and ends and intertwinkles this podcast. Thank you to Arthur Stovall, who did all the clever designy work that made our logo look pretty uh, and did loads of t-shirty stuff for us as well what a legend and thank you to my not much longer single digit aged niece arabella for reading out the babble uh, with such a plum right very good we shall be back next week won't we all yes uh, uh, in which time something else will probably have gone wrong let's not talk about the insects eh what what about the insects yeah well first of all thank you to uh, someone whose twitter handle is at daddy dodd uh, but their name apparently is Insect Apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear about Apocalypse. Yeah, no, you're about to hear about Apocalypse. No, I'm not about to hear about it. You are. Cause I don't want to hear about it. You know how in episode 92 we, you know, I can turn you off. We discovered that... I can turn you off. If you say another word, you're getting turned off. Anti-disestablishment materialism. Right. Yeah, see you next week, listener. like the, a massive massive media empire in brazil like newspaper tv radio everything like global owns everything it's it's like um 
more dark. Yeah, more like Mordor. That's great. Mordor. You know what I mean? It should be cool.